This is Alyssa Olenek of Little List Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. And welcome back, everyone, to the Messy Middle Podcast. Today's an episode that I think honestly, everyone's excited about. We have Bethany Taylor on today. And so if you guys don't follow Bethany on Instagram um, and or aren't familiar with her at all, I feel like she's the fan favorite. Just everyone loves Bethany. She is just a saving grace in the nutrition space for women. I send a ton of clients to her. She's, you know, worked with me with my clients, giving talks to them, things like that, because she's just kind of this mother Teresa of nutrition with women. And we're going to get into her story today, but she's a breath of fresh air in the fitness space. And she's much like me where she's not committed to one mode of fitness, but believes in moving our bodies in a wide variety of things, a lover of outdoors, and is so incredibly passionate about feeding and fueling women, something that we know that I am all about. And so I, I know the incredible impact Bethany's words and work have on the people around her, have on me, but also women my clients, her clients, we see it all the time. And so I just think that this episode today with Bethany is going to capture such an important conversation that needs to be had. And if you're a woman who struggled with food or nutrition in the past or finding your identity in sport and fitness, this is the message and woman for you. Amazing. Yes. Bethany, we are so excited to have you here on the podcast. (laughs) I am super happy to be here with you guys. I'm just going to chat it up for about an hour or so. Thank you for having me. Yes. Of course, dude. I I feel like I want to start. This is what we talk about a lot on this podcast with our guests is like your messy middle journey. So we define that as like the maybe black and white or extreme kind of polarizing things you may have done or believed in the fitness and wellness spaces, um, especially with diet culture too. I know that's like something that you talk about really prominently now on your Instagram. But like, where was Bethany back in the day? Like, how do you relate to the clients that you have now? What was the journey for you to the messy middle from all of that extreme lifestyle? Yeah. So extreme is probably the best word to use. I started on the, like in the roots, in the nitty gritty of diet culture and work mostly around nutrition, but um, training and like exercise as well. So I came from the templated diets, 1200 calories, carbs are bad. Um, just very restrictive, uh, following food labels as in good and bad and having approved lists of things you can and cannot eat. And that was all I knew at the time. So I've kind of what I tied in my coaching is giving ourselves grace because we, I did not know at the time that was quote, unhealthy or quote, bad, whatever you want to call it. And as I moved through it, I realized like everything was crumbling. Like my body was not happy. Uh, I would skip dinners with friends because I was afraid to eat or I would eat something before and not enjoy food with them. I would um, skip, go to bed hungry because the food fell outside of my eating window or I would push off my lunch uh, or I would be super hungry at 10 a.m. when my body's saying, hey, Bethany, we, we need calories and wait till one o'clock because that was my lunch window. So I came from that space and I realized, again, it's not sustainable. It not, it did not allow me to show up in life as my best Bethany. And I knew I needed to make a change. So I, in my coaching, I kind of I call them like the diet culture refugees of just like all the women who have been through that as well. And I welcome them like, hey, I've been there. Like I've literally been in the like nitty gritty of the black and white of diet culture in the extremes. And same with training too. It's like I have to train five, six days a week. I have to be doing cardio. I have to be lifting heavy, just doing all these things. I'm just running my body to the ground. So I tie that into my coaching and I just want to empower and show women that like, it can be very, again, be very messy. It's not supposed to be this perfect rigid structure of how to live life around what you do for fun and your hobbies from nutrition to uh, exercise, like all of those things. And living in the messy middle is like, I'm a professional at that. I feel like now, Uh, same with you guys. So like, I'm just welcoming all these women and, and giving them a space to 
to recognize where they have been in knowing, you know what, this really isn't working for me, or it may have worked for a little bit, but then I just spiraled and went back to just not having a good relationship with food or not having a good relationship with my body or just not being able to, to live a full life like everyone deserves to. So that's my mission is just to empower predominantly women. Um, that's who I work with and just helping them find freedom via food and exercise and just giving them a space to like, to live to their highest capabilities physically and mentally. Where do you, like, what is your take on where that comes from? Like the, those black and white messages that you, that you lived, that extreme dieting, you work with clients like this all the time. You yourself, we have shared our stories. We've gone through similar experiences. Where is that coming from for you? And where do you see that coming from, from your clients? Like what's the root? So I, I still am like trying to wrap my head around where the 1200 calorie meal plans came from and where all of mm-hmm. these very unhealthy messages and very unsustainable messages are coming from. For me, I know is heavily influenced by social media. So social media is fantastic in so many different ways. It's allowed me to connect with the both of you. It's allowed me to reach more women in the space. Some of my greatest friends I met through Instagram. I get a lot of my clients through Instagram and it's beautiful, but it's the sexiness of the quick fixes and Mm. polarizing messages sell. Sexy sells. If I tell someone, hey, you're going to be hanging out with me for 12 months and we are going to do some serious internal work. We're going to do some serious um, rewriting of narratives and like giving you permission to eat food. Or would you prefer, Hey dude, 12 weeks here, have this um, supplement, just eat these exact foods. And like, cool. You lose a ton of weight. Like awesome. Which one are people going to go for? They're going to go for 12 weeks as it's quick. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's uh, instant gratification, which we, we want. Everything's very yeah. instant. So I think social media honestly has been one of the biggest roots and influences in where I was coming from and where where all of my um, clients are coming from. Because I tell them too, I'm like, hey, day one, scrub your social media. Mm. Who do you follow that causes you to feel any negative way about your body, your hobbies, your life, how you live your life? If you feel any ounce of that, unfollow them. What we process in social media, in magazines, on YouTube, on the internet, in videos, that is so subconsciously it like like burned into our brains that it's very hard to think anything different because 90% of the population is doing said thing in that black and white space. And then there's this little pocket of the universe. There's 10, 10% of us and it's very gray and messy. And we're the ones trying to go against the grain of society and say, hey guys, like we don't have to do these things. We can make life enjoyable. We can make going out to dinner. We can make Thanksgiving and Christmas stress-free and just super enjoyable. Like that's how it's we should be living our lives without obsessions of these perfectly like calculated things that we should or should mm-hmm. not be doing. So Bethany, as someone who I think we share a good handful of clients, you either give your clients to me or I refer my clients out to you. I think that a lot of what we do, and I know nutrition is something I talk about, but I don't coach and work with women in it, but I feel like my approach to fitness and your approach to nutrition kind of go hand in hand where you're giving women the freedom and permission to do things that go against everything they've been told. That's the sexy, the catchy, the trendy, all of that stuff. So when it comes to like, you know, your own experience, the messy middle journey, but like taking your clients through that, what do you think are like the biggest obstacles for the women that you work with when they come out of that like traditional fitness Instagram narrative of 1200 calories, right or wrong, yes or no, just these cliche cookie cutter rules. Um, and what do you think like the hardest thing to get them into buying into that long-term messy middle? Cause I know we've talked about this cause it's like, you're going to commit to this for a year. You're going to feed yourself. You're going to eat. And that's really, really scary for women. I mean, it's scary for women to even just like buy into being consistent with a lot of their fitness stuff. So what do you think the biggest obstacles for women listening to this that want to find that quote unquote messy middle freedom? And what do you usually find are really helpful tools in getting them to that? Well, this is loaded because there is a <laughs> lot of just, yes, there's a lot that goes on. So just to kind of like set the framework. So most women come to me not eating enough food, whether that has been intentional because they've been trying to diet, 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 or they 
don't know what, what it looks like to be eating enough food. So apprehension and fear were the first two words that came to mind. So apprehension too, one, do something different to do something that most of them have been doing or thinking since they were probably a teenager, 13 years old, 16 years old. So just apprehension to completely flip the script and do something that is completely outside of their wheelhouse in fear. So as I said, most women come to me not eating enough food. So I'm like, hey, we're going to eat more food. And that is terrifying for most women because they believe that they will gain all of this weight. So it's called reverse dieting. Um, It's essentially you've either intentionally or not intentionally been in a caloric deficit. So not eating enough food, not feeling great. Um, And we slowly incorporate eating more food across however long. So that's, again, terrifying because we automatically equate eating more food to gaining weight. Does it happen sometimes? Yeah, our bodies are naturally going to change across the cycle of our entire lives. Like, and we're so, we are fear mongered. We are told that gaining weight, a little bit of weight, or it may have been a little bit more, or our bodies changing is a bad thing. When in fact, sometimes our bodies have to gain weight. Sometimes they have to change in order to feel safe, in order to positively adapt, in order to build muscle, in order to sleep at night, in order to not have fear around going out to dinner with friends, in order to be able to actually lift heavy in the gym or run ultra marathons or ride bikes or swim or whatever it may be. Like Our bodies have to feel safe. And when they're not given enough food, they don't feel safe. So they're going to downregulate everything like energy and mood and brain function in order to reserve those calories to like, hey, I have to like keep your heart pumping and like the blood moving through your body and like your brain working. Um, And we don't think about nutrition in that way. We think of it as like, cool, eat less and just do a bunch of cardio and like all this shit and like have a great day and like try and lose all this weight. When in fact, like it's not sustainable. But again, it's apprehension, fear that pull women away from making that step of like, all right, I'm going to work with Bethany. I've been following on Instagram for a year. I know she's a huge advocate for women taking up space and eating adequate food and eating enough food. That's absolutely terrifying to me, but I'm going to do it because I know I want to feel better. And what I've been doing for one, two, five, ten years is not working. And I feel like complete shit. So here we are. I'm going to take the step forward, this terrifying step forward. And I, the first thing I do, I'm like, hey, one, thank you for trusting me. Um, And I think trust is another big thing is they've been so tainted by other coaches or if they've been whatever has happened in a past coaching experience that they're scared which is very normal to trust another human being with so much of their lives because what we do in my coaching is that's why I put the I changed my like title to life empowerment nutritionist because nutritionist just doesn't do it justice because we do so much more we don't just talk about food like hey dude like how are you doing today like what's going on? How's the family? How is work? All of that ties into how we show up in every aspect of our lives. And like just giving, building that trust for them to open up to you, to tell the, to tell you exactly how they're feeling because they were scared to tell their old coach about it because their coach would be like, oh no, you ru- you completely ruined your weekend because you had a cheeseburger at dinner. Me, I'm like, hell yeah, cheeseburger. Hope you got sweet potato fries with those. Like word, that's the that's what you wanted. That's what you should get. Like life is too Mm. short to just constantly restrict the things we want. So like trust is a big thing and it takes time to build trust with somebody. I'm especially with strangers on the internet. Like they are following me on Instagram, which is fantastic. And that's why I'm so repetitive about my message. And it, it takes them time to kind of build that like um, camaraderie with them. And it's funny because like at the beginning, like I said, I'm, I'm like, hey, guys, we're going to eat more food. That's We're just going to slowly, like, be, very, very slowly build in more calories and just get you a little more comfortable with eating more food. And at usually I get a lot of resistance when I explain, like, hey, this is the process and this is what it's going to entail. And then about a month in, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was being completely mean about this at the beginning, but I'm so glad that you uh, gave me the permission to eat more food. Cause like, I feel so much better. I'm like, 
yes, like that's how it's supposed to be. So trust, but then again, kind of circling back to the beginning, it's a lot of apprehension fear of doing something completely different than what they've been told for a decade of their life. And I think we yeah. see this so much with women who are just afraid to do, I mean, men have their own struggles with this and mm-hmm. we have someone coming on next month to talk about this specifically, but in the context of our episode, and I know we mainly work with like female clientele, um, where they are just fed these narratives over and over and over again, their whole life that the idea of eating more is scary when they don't actually realize, cause they've been so busy trying to restrict that they realized that one, they were actually eating more than they thought, but they were doing that like heavy weekday restrict and then overcompensation, mm-hmm. weekend, crazy back cycles. So you, they were never actually like eating less than what you're trying to feed them. They were just doing it very non-distributed, but in a way that left them feeling like shit all week long. And then I don't think they realized that when you eat more food, you have more energy to do more things. You're not just like eating more and staying at the same expenditure, but you have energy not only to do physical function and, you know, produce more work in the gym and lift more weights and gain more fitness, but you literally have more energy to function as a human cognitive function, like function as Mm -hmm. a significant other, a partner, a parent, whatever it is. And so it's not just, I think people think of food as like more bad always, but more food and more food well distributed, right? Like just like volume with our training and lifting gives us more energy to do more things and be more human. So we associate just food with good, bad, skinny, thin, like our, 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 our worth, but not realizing that like Calories are more than just like a measure of self-worth, at least like they should be kind of thing. Well, they should never be a measure of self-worth, but they they are so much more than that. And that's what so many people associate it with. So I love that. And I know that, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you just said. I just wanted to add my little soliloquy. Something too, you said when we have more food in us, we have more energy and we can do more things. And one of my like mottos is never say no to an adventure. And that's Mm. because we're eating enough for life to just be able to get through the day. And at the end of the day, like, Hey, do you want to go play uh, disc golf? Like, something super random because me and Bryce were talking about playing disc golf (laughs) at six o'clock. Like, man, I'm really tired. Like I don't have the energy to do it versus like, I felt really good. I crushed a lunch. I had an afternoon snack. I'm drinking all the water. I feel fantastic. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's go do this adventure thing. Whether it's disc golf, going to walk in the park with your kids or going to hike or climb a big mountain or go ride a bike never may be so like my my framework is eating enough for life which allows you to mm-hmm. never say no to an adventure whatever your adventure is whether it's outdoors or whether it's something um that you're doing like with your family or friends that's what i love about you and your title of like life empowerment nutritionist because that speaks so much like to what you eloquently just said is like feeding yourself for life with adventure not just to get through the day and when it comes to that perspective, like you said earlier, there's a lot of internal work that you have to do with your clients. Because to be a life empowerment nutritionist, you're not just like handing them a plan and saying, good luck with that. Um, yeah. There's so much more to your coaching technique. And I, I know that and I know how valuable that is um, to a <laughs> to a client. Can you speak more to like, what extra stuff goes behind your nutrition coaching aside from just giving, you know, the macronutrients or however you take on um, your nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. So I do use macros in a very non-restrictive way in my coaching because I do believe it can help create a lot of awareness and education around food. And if there is any sort of negative um, like additional stress, or if there's um, any triggers for them around track, we're like, hey, dude, let's not worry about it. Like, cool, we'll take a step back. Um, let's just try and build our meals with the carb, fat, protein, the veggie. Let's crush some snacks, like have food you want. So I do use tracking very loosely in coaching. Um, some people do it a little bit more than others and some don't. I have people like my clients take untracked days, like, hey, just take a step away from the food scale. Like, let's not worry about it. Like, let's just eat mindfully. Um, so I do use that as kind of a framework, but we do check-ins. So I, it's not just like, Hey, how'd you do? Like, did you hit your macros? I don't even, I don't think I asked that in there. I don't even ask if they've hit macros. Like food wise, did you get some good prepping in? Did you pack yourself some lunches for your days? Um, and I ask a lot of questions about like, what are you excited about this week? What did you do really, really well this week? 
what were maybe some obstacles you faced? What are some of your anchors that you're going to use for the following week? How can I help you support you this week? So we talk about all of the biofeedback markers too, like how are we sleeping? How's training going? Um, are you getting movement outside of the gym? Uh, how's life at home? Uh, how are you feeling? Is digestion doing really well or is it poor? Like we talk about every facet of life and it's not just here are your weekly macros. Like, Hey dude, good luck. Um, I send voice recording messages back to my clients. So it's like they get their own little mini podcast, uh, when I respond to their check-ins and, uh, it's kind of a newer thing for me, but it's very, it's nice because they can hear the cadence in my voice and they can hear me. Like mm-hmm. I just love my clients so much and they're doing brave work. And they're doing really hard work because again, we're going against the grain of everything that they've been told for a really long time. So, and they have obviously accessibility to me outside of just our check-ins because I want them to share their non-scale victories with me. I want them to share like, Hey dude, I, my one rep max is now 175. My deadlift. I'm like, hell yeah. Or I had three clients say, Hey, guess what? I signed up for an ultra marathon next year. I'm like, yes. Like that's the things I want to hear. Like in some of them don't have cheerleaders at home. They don't have champions at home. They don't have supporters at home. And and I want them to be able to share those really cool things with me in a very open space. And I'm very, I'm equal parts empathetic and tough love. Like I'm right in the middle of, again, the messy middle of the two, because I think there's a space for both of them in regards to like growth and just manifestation of what you want out of coaching and of life. So I get, I mean, I'm pretty much a friend to all of my clients. Like if like after I'm done with them, like, Hey, cool. We've been together for however long. And I off board them. We still text, we stay in touch. Like, again, it's that trust and that camaraderie you're building with your client. And they're just not check-ins on a screen for me. They're literally human beings and they should be treated like human beings. I don't think enough coaches in the wellness space treat their clients how they deserve to be treated. Um, I know some really fantastic clients and then I know some clients who are coaches and then some clients have had not such great experiences. And I want to make sure when they're done coaching with me that they're like, that was incredible. I, I feel like just such an, an, an amazing person. Not that they weren't amazing before, but they feel amazing and that they can just continue to take what they learned and just run with it and like teach other people and never have to have a coach again because they're like, dude, I have all of these tools in my toolbox and I'm good to go for the rest of my life. So on that, when we talk about fueling for life, I joke, I call it the little less effect, but now I feel like it's the Bethany less effect. The number of women who have signed up for ultra marathons over the last few months or trail races or whatever it is, not want to say because of us, but just because they've been given the permission and they've witnessed us do that um, has really been incredible. And I think it's super cool. So for those of you guys who maybe aren't familiar with Bethany or any of this, um, I'm currently coaching Bethany, ironically, I'm coaching her, to run her first 50K trail race, and she did her first trail half marathon this summer, and she actually paced me in my 100K uh, three weeks ago now. So Bethany and me are like the, the, the little trail runner junkies of our community here. So I think that's like been really incredible to watch and see. It's not just because it's a high rate of them, but how many of those women wanted to do those things but they weren't doing them and because they were afraid or they didn't feel like they had the permission to do them or they didn't even know it was an option for them and so with that being said and talking about all the adventures can you tell us about all of the stuff that you do because people think I do a bunch of activities but Bethany you're right there with me in the like hybrid middle of the road do it all like life is an adventure let's play type mentality when it comes to fitness and I think it's it's cool because it's showing people like you can do literally whatever you want. So I got into mountain biking. I was voluntold by marrying my husband that I had to mountain bike. And I was like, well, oh, give this a try. And he takes me to DuPont State Forest in North Carolina, and which is like pretty gnarly East Coast mountain biking. And I was like, well... I'm hooked. I guess I should buy a bike. Um, so I have been mountain biking for a couple of years and I love it. I, it's probably like one of my favorite things to do in the world. And then I've always had a background of strength training, I've done CrossFit, powerlifting me, um, bodybuilding. I've done like a little bit of everything and I've always moved because I, it's, it was very enjoyable for it very enjoyable for me and moving well and safely is obviously very important too. So I've been doing lifting, mountain biking. Uh, we are really big into um, hiking 
in backcountry camping. I've done a solo trip uh, a year and a half ago and um, obviously now getting into trail running as well, uh, ramping up to do my 50K in uh, December. So slightly terrifying, but I'm ready for it. So yeah, I just think it just goes and I share just like you guys, like you share what you do, not for the like, Hey, good job. It's more of like, guys, this is what I'm doing. I'm just a regular old 28 year old that lives in Virginia beach with her husband and just doing the things because I want to do them. And I want to show anyone and show women like they're the barrier of entry is less than you think it may be. It's just like, Hey, I don't know where to, you just have to start. Like that's mm. my motto. Like, just start. It's you're probably going to eat shit. You're probably going <laughs> to embarrass yourself. I, I wrecked my mountain bike six months ago. Like it happens. Um, it, you're not going to be good when you start just throwing it out there. Everyone literally has to start somewhere. I look back at when I first started mountain biking and look now I'm like, Oh my God, that was a little, look at my uh-huh. form. Like I was like way over the handlebars. Now I'm like, I got it down but it's been two years and I've been practicing. So like just starting and just giving yourself permission to dabble in any of the worlds that you want. You don't have to like, if you want to, cool. If you want to stick with one Avenue, go for it. But you have the space to do things, especially in the outdoors. Like you can do anything you want to. Do you find, so I, I see this a lot, right. With women too, especially when it comes to, for some reason, running or lifting, or whatever it is with fitness, they're so afraid to start and do it. And do you find that parallels with also like our relationships with food? Like we're so, afraid to start I always joke that I say like I the one thing that I really do love about men is that they'll be like 33% ready for something and they'll be like fuck it full send let's go let's do it women will be like I'm not 166.97% prepared and perfect to do this so I can't do it where the barrier entry like you just said it's like the bar is on the floor like if you want to start mountain biking or running of course there's like a lot of like barriers of entry when it comes to being like safe access to the outdoors and money to buy equipment but when it comes to like physically being able to do the activities if you're a healthy able-bodied or not able-bodied individual there's so many resources out there nowadays you Mm -hmm. can you can do it but you just have to be willing to start messy and start unperfect and start sucky because everyone sucks when they start i think people kind of they see that they'll see you running your 50k and be so inspired by it or they'll see me do the things that i'm doing and be inspired by it but my first three mile trail runs in the middle of this flat horse fly ridden trail in kentucky were some of the hardest runs i ever did when i first getting was getting started but i had to do those with my cotton t-shirt and my road shoes you know what i mean like to get to where i was and there's nothing wrong with those things like you just need to start and start scared and start messy and start imperfect. And I think that probably, I'm sure you see that a lot with women getting ready to like jump into the fixing the relationship with food where it's like, you kind of have to face the fact that maybe you have to rethink on a lot of things, but you don't need to be perfect to start doing that work. Absolutely. You said it beautifully. Uh, (laughs) I encourage people to go into things fear led. Like I want fear to kind of be there in that, like I'm a little nervous and scared to be there. We underestimate how much we're actually capable of. Mm -hmm. Most people underestimate their capabilities. And when you start again, you're going to, it's going to be scary. You're not going to be really good at it. And just like you said, get, um, just starting to shift the narrative around your relationship with food that you've had. Like it's, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And they may not have that support or they may not have, uh, or they're so like, I, I pride myself in showing women I'm helping women see what they're capable of by just kind of being there for them and just giving them the like, Hey, why don't you just try it? Sometimes they just need that, that one person to say, give it a whirl. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that can happen. You just try You're like, okay, cool. That didn't work out. Or you do it and you're like, man, all that anxiety and hype of being afraid to start said thing, whether it's regarding your relationship with food or getting on the trail, we just have to take that first step forward and showing up is the hardest part. Once you show up and do the thing, you're like, huh this pressure is relieved from you, this weight off your shoulders. And you're like, I dude, I did it. Why was I doubting myself for so long? And then that translates over to everything in life. When it's, it starts with one little like seed and then you start growing into every aspect of your life. You're just able to go more confidently in everything, it, like in every area of life. 
The Messy Middle Podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they're fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed by what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts. And the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high as I am tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much with how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out, or walking my pup Rocky, but my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep, and you guys, I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible. So every month, members get one credit to pick any title, no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs, dare I say, by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If that doesn't scream littlest meditation, I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible originals for free when you visit audibletrial.com slash middle. That's audibletrial.com slash M-E-S-S-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E. I love what you said about like being okay with having a little bit of fear. Um, I, I don't remember where I've heard this, but I use the motto, do it scared a lot. Like, yeah, I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it scared. And that has been so instrumental for me. And I know like Alyssa said, women with perfectionism, it tends to be this like ingrained belief that we have to be so prepared and ready. And the people who are doing those things, like the people who are running ultra marathons, who are doing half Ironmans, who are whatever, that they're not scared, that they're not afraid. And uh, Alyssa throws up before every race. (laughs) I have have plenty of like, (laughs) I've had plenty of like full blown panic attacks because I'm just like so overwhelmed with like this fear and you just have to do it anyway. And then that relief, that rush, when you get through it, when you're, when you're done, when you've accomplished that thing, when you say, Hey, I conquered that, like that feeling is such a gift. And, um, it's contagious. yeah, I don't know where I was. It's contagious. Yeah. And I just, I know that that's something that you stand behind too. And I love that about, um, what you bring to your clients and like to your Instagram page, you talk about that stuff all the time and it's fantastic. And, and I encourage releasing the grip on perfection because yeah. when we're human beings, no one is perfect. I'm here to tell you not a single soul is perfect. And just being 
slowly becoming okay with that. I'm not going to drastically be like, oh, you have to do this, this, and this. Like, dude, let's take baby steps. Let's take baby bites at things. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just do this one thing on Wednesday. Give it a try. See what happens. And then, you know, I feel okay. Like, sweet. Let's do it the next week. So it's very progressive. Some people can take that run with a little bit quicker than others. So we have to remember everyone's journey is going to look very different too. And we can't, again, we can't compare anyone's journey to any form Mm. or fashion of someone else's because one, what we see on social media too is very, it can be very deceptive. Um, We don't know anything about that person. And just like what we look at uh, someone, a body, a person in their body, we don't know anything about them. We do not have, Mm. we are not able, we should not be making, um, what are the word called? Um, what's it? I can't, I'm totally assumptions. Burning. Assumptions. Yes. Assumptions. Thank you. <laughs> About a person based on how they look. Like we have, again, that's a societal reshaping and reframing. You don't, if you look at, uh, quotes, small body or quote, large body, you don't know shit about them. So don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Um, and that person is working on their own journey and they may be just recovered from an eating disorder or they may have just been through a divorce or a death in the family. You don't know anything about that person. So like, that's not fair for us to make assumptions about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you find that there's like a trickle down effect when you work with your clients and you're harping on these messages and, and reshaping and reframing, you know, let's not make assumptions about that person because of their body. Let's give ourselves permission to eat more and gain weight if that's necessary. Like let's do all of these reframing around what health and wellness and what quote unquote eating good looks like to us. Do you find that that trickles and expands into that person's, you know, families, friends, network? And if so, like, I guess, what are some um, examples that maybe you've seen that have been cool from that? (laughs) I think it does. Absolutely. And kind of what I was touching on earlier, when we give ourselves permission in one area of life, and we start to see the the positive effects of that, and just the growth we have of what's going on between our ears and our mindset, it translates over to everything in life. So I keep using the word showing up. And that means, how can we show up in this life of ours and in, in the fullest capacity, being authentically ourselves? Most women do not, are not there. They're like 40% or they're showing up 40% when they have such a, an incredible threshold above them. And it slowly starts to build. Um, and I guess like, it's more of like, an, uh, yeah, I guess a downward trickle. So it's pyramids upside mm-hmm. down. But yeah. So it starts <laughs> with very small, like we do this one thing and then it carries over to everything else in life. And then they, since they're eating more, they have more energy. That means they can actually have really awesome conversations with their kids or they can be happier because they are not hungry. And then they're mm-hmm. improving relationship with family members. Or I encourage a client to see a therapist because I can only do so much as a professional in my spectrum that we need to go, hey, I want you to out. Can you, do you, are you in a financial position insurance or out of pocket or whatever to see a therapist and they're like yes i am I'm like cool let's let's rock and roll and, and not in any negative way like it's a fantastic benefit to their life and then they start they're able to show up for themselves which then means they can start showing up for their husbands or wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or co-workers and they just become brighter more vibrant humans and it starts with that again that little bit of fear led um, action and a little bit of that permission work. And it just, it literally just spectrums out to everything. And uh, an example, um, I had a client, she came to me, um, I don't remember her exact goal. Um, but we worked on eating more food and I just saw over the course of the check-ins her slowly, like really using her voice and being like, Hey, this is what I did today. And I didn't feel guilt or shame around it. I didn't have any apprehension and it just slowly started to progress over the check-ins. And there would just be these really cool rewriting of narratives that I would see be like, Hey, six months ago, I'd go back to an old check-in and I would show her what she did, what she said about this thing. And Mm -hmm. then it to complete opposite. And that's just a very slow progression. And now she's like, she, I don't even remember. She messaged me a few, 
few months ago and she goes, Hey, I signed up or I I'm rolled to get in my MBA. And it's something she's like, I never expected would have done, but she just felt so confident in every decision she was making in her life that she pulled the trigger and was like, I'm going to go do this really hard and terrifying thing. So I believe it translates across the spectrum of everyone's lives. And it's not just like the food that's on our plate, which is important, but it's not everything. So I think, I mean, I completely agree. I, I see this with women all the time. Once you start giving them just a little bit of permission and you watch them just do things that they otherwise found scary, whether it's eating more food, lifting the weights, running that first step on trail, whatever it is, I definitely think there's a domino effect that just cascades into everything in their life. And I think a lot of the times people see people's endpoints and not see where they also started as maybe that first domino. So they might see you as confident or not insecure around your food choices or doing these big, bold goals and things, not realizing that you were once were in that position and had that fear and how doing scary stuff gives you essentially more permission to live more boldly in every area of your life. And I, it's really incredible. I, I mean, I love nothing more, honestly, than watching women find that freedom and self-trust. I think that's a huge thing. But one thing when we talk about fear and your outdoors and fitness pursuits and stuff, I did want to bring up the, the, you know, the, the conversation around the fact that you recently suffered a shoulder injury, um, from mountain biking and how much that brought back some of your fear. And you know what I mean? Like those, those feelings that you once had that now were reborn because you were almost not starting over, but you had to be, you, you had to start more scared because you were healing and going through PT and then getting back onto your bike. And that's something you've done. So could you give some perspective on how like you felt now being more confident and maybe more secure in doing scary things, but then having to relearn and work through that fear all over again. And the, my mountain biking accident was a fantastic example because the first day I got back on my bike after my wreck was my wings were clipped. I was terrified. I was going, I was cornering so slow, like everything about it. Yes. I'm still like, I was obviously, I had a partially torn labrum, dislocated shoulder, humerus fracture, bunch of weird gnarly things um so going back onto my bike was very free like i feel most alive when i'm on my bike i love it it's one of the most incredible feelings in the world but i was equal parts terrified as well because i remember the pain i felt from the fall i remember the the setback that that happened just from me not being able to ride and like it was right the start of ultra marathon training and it was just very poor timing um but it allowed me to, you said, feel more human and become more human. And it did because it just gave me the space to be like, hey, dude, it's okay that you're scared. And it's okay that this thing happened in your life for a very specific reason. The universe always puts things in our path that are supposed to happen. And I'm a strong believer in that. And this, my, my, my mountain biking wreck allowed me to really slow down in life and allowed me to see things a lot more clearly. And it allowed me to just add another fear-led action into my life. And it's still very scary being on my bike. I am not where I was before. And like, yeah, I kind of had to restart, but like I, and it did feel like going down hills or going over uh, features kind of felt like I felt when I first started. And I was like, okay, like I remembered where I was and where I got to, I can get back there. It's going to suck. It's going to take time. It's going to take grit. It's going to take being still scared, going through berms and going through corners, like, but it's going to, it'll eventually fade and I'll continue to rebuild my confidence. And like, we can relate that to anything in life. It doesn't have to just be an outdoor activity. It can be something that happened in your life. That was really terrifying. Like, um, like getting in a car accident you're probably terrified to get back in your vehicle because you saw what happened and how it was a traumatic incident for you. But if I let fear run everything in my life, I would never do a single thing because it would just be my, my barrier. It'd be my obstacle, my wall that I would hit that didn't allow me to just become a little bit more gritty, a little bit more human and just a little bit more bold. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I I think so many people can relate whether they're starting something for the first time or they are sharing a similar experience with injury or an accident that, you know, getting back on the horse or back on the bike, you know, can be so, so challenging. And I think 
you being able to revisit that probably gives you, and I know you already come from such a place of empathy with your clients, but, you know, allows you to share perspective with people who are going through similar situations. And I think that that is so important in a coach to be able to understand your client and say, hey, I've been there. I've shared those experiences. I know what you're going through and I'm overcoming it. So you can too. Like there's nothing, like you said, like there's nothing special about who I am. I have the same, you know, fears that you do. And I think that's really special. But I do want to talk just a little bit more about outdoor activities, as you mentioned, because you do a lot of them. And I think that there is something powerful about the outdoors and nature. And I think a lot of women struggle to connect with the outdoors. Um, and I grew up hiking. I know Alyssa's been an outdoors enthusiast when she's, you know, from the time she could be as well. Um, so do you find that you, uh, have some women that will come to you and they're unsure about how they exist in the space of outdoors and maybe they're intrigued, but how, how do you like get them interested and get their toes wet if that's something that they're, they're interested in, but that they've never really experienced? Yeah. So it's funny you say that because I actually kind of have a post in the pipeline lined up for this. Yes. Um, I, again, I didn't start mountain biking until two years ago. I didn't start trail running until two years ago, like I didn't start hiking and like doing things outside within the last like, five years. Like this is all very mm. training age. Like this is my outdoor age. This is very new to me still. And I want people to remember it's never too late to start. And you don't have to start out like in this super, it's not going to be super sexy. Like you're not going to be doing downhill mountain biking parks on a full suspension bike, like out the gate, you're going to be riding on cross country roads, getting acclimated with the trail. And it's, again, it's a little bit scary because you don't necessarily know like how to do it, what to wear, like who to go with safety, like all these things. And that's why we were educators in, Hey, how to get started. Where's like the super basics that you need. Here's how to like find a great trail for you. So, um, I like to just like, Hey, obviously I know where they live. Okay. Awesome. Do you want to start hiking? Do you want to start trail running? Okay, cool. Let's find like a fire road. So I'll go on the all trails app and I'll literally look where they live. And I'm like, Hey, you have a couple of trails down the road, grab a friend and just go for a walk, go walk mm -hmm. it. Just literally get outside and start walking. You can wear sneakers. You can wear vans. You can wear sandals. It doesn't matter. It, but it gets them cool. I'm familiar with the territory and the area. Awesome. Next time I'm going to run it or next time I'm going to bring my bike. Like it starts with, again, those small chunks and those really small bites to get them comfortable and just like reaching out to a community too. Like there's so many Facebook groups and like just go on the Google machine and look for mountain biking, um, group rides or, uh, trail running like clubs, I guess you could say, or running clubs. Like it's out there, obviously with COVID things may be a little bit um, different, look a little bit different now, which is totally fine um, because we will eventually get to a space where we're not we're able to do it freely. But it just takes like giving them a little bit of a foundation to start with and just giving like a little hook and just helping them become more comfortable with it because it, it can, like we said, it can be scary. Um, and it's something very, very new. And you're probably going to be next to people that are veterans and that have been doing it for 10, 12 years. And you're over here like, this is my first trail run. And I want to make sure people too are celebrating that. If you ran one mile on the trail for your first ever trail mile, celebrate that shit. Like be excited about it. Yeah, there's people out there training for Ironmans and Xterra races and um, 100Ks and 100 milers, like that's them. That is their timeline and their pipeline. If you just got your first pair of trail shoes and you did one mile, be proud of that. Celebrate that. Shout that from the rooftops. Continue to build on feeling that emotion because once you're hooked, like it's addicting. The outdoors is very addicting. So celebrate the littlest things that allowed you to get into the space that you want to explore. Yeah. I mean, I know that like the summer that got me into outdoors is because I did some hike out in Rocky Mountain National Park that literally demoralized me. And I felt so unfit and it challenged every belief I had about myself. And mm -hmm. maybe I took that a little bit extreme to show myself that I wasn't a weak and pathetic. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember going back and doing that hike to last summer and it wasn't even that hard of a hike. But at the time it was the hard, that was so yep. hard for me. 
And it's really easy to compare yourself to where others have been, but we have to start. And so I think people, it's easy to see, like you, like we said, you know, these big finish line finishes, but not seeing us struggling on those very first few steps, which we all do because it's just hard. Um, but I know that, especially because we have a large female dominant community, one thing that they're always asking about is how do you feel comfortable and safe in the outdoors and finding your identity in these these niches that are maybe more male dominated, so to speak, a little more masculine, aggressive, but like maintaining that both safety aspect, but femininity within that. And why, you know, I feel like the, I mean, for me personally, I think the idea that we have to always maintain our femininity everywhere we go is kind of silly, but you know, how to find yourself in the outdoors as a woman, both safety wise, but within, you know, so that you can identify with that as you know who you are. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go like, it's kind of two pronged. So safety wise, like that takes a lot of um, just reps. So just starting out on a very, let's use an example, a very well-traveled trail, someone that has a lot of feet, there's a lot of people on it and going with somebody and letting someone know where you are going. So obviously as you get into things like solo hiking and going into the mountains with elevation, no service, that's kind of a whole different ball game. Uh, Liz, I knew you did a, um, post on that mm-hmm. and I've, I can link it in the show notes where I shared safety yeah. tips yeah yeah and I did a, a, a trail safety one is very more simplified one list it has a lot of good examples in hers but it can be scary just showing up and getting out there at first uh safety wise just because you there are things that do happen I'm not going to pretend like they don't um they don't happen often but we still want to be very mindful that they could be there and it's just a lot of like let's be situationally aware like when you're walking on the trail make eye contact with the person so you see what they look like make sure you're just kind of looking around your surroundings like again let someone know where you are um let them know how long the trail like cool I'm I have a five mile loop how long that should take I'll text you when I'm done so that does take time to get comfortable with and I won't I personally uh I'm probably on like the kind of the other side as like I'm relatively comfortable doing things on my own I I come from like a family of like law enforcement and and just being a military town, I'm very comfortable with my capabilities, self-defense and all that stuff. So, but for the, that, and that didn't just happen, like it takes time for it to build. So that's one thing. And then on the other side of like identity and just showing up in spaces that are a little bit more male dominated, um, kind of just got to do it. Like it sounds mm-hmm. so simple, but like we deserve to be, we're, we deserve to do whatever we want to. Like I, when I, I used to work at a shooting range and when I go to the range, I'm probably the one of the only females there. And I walk in with my chest tall. People ask me if I need anything. I'm like, good. Like I'm good. I, I am comfortable here. It didn't, it wasn't always like that, but I was like, I, this is something I want to explore and see if I love it. And I fell in love with it and I just show up and I, own my space and own my voice and very considerate if people ask me if I need things and I'm good to go. But it takes that like leap of, okay, this is a very like mountain biking too. It's male dominated, but it's really rad when you see a bunch of females on the trail, just like shredding. I'm like, we give each other like the peace sign or like the rock <laughs> out there. Um, and, it, and I think we can show up kind of however we want to in that space. And there is no, there's no restriction. Like it's, it, and it's easier for some people just to be like, boom, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And other people, cool. Let's like slowly get into it. Maybe we take a class somewhere or a group coaching just to get comfortable before you go in by yourself. So like, again, everyone's going to be on very different um, levels of comfortability. Comfortability, is that a word? In show, in, in being on the trail or in a more like male dominated area. But I've seen, and it's just like showing again, showing other women that it's okay to, to do said things that aren't usually like very um, like they're not like female dominated or whatever. So. And I think it's important that when we, I think especially as like when we as women push for more women in these spaces, it's going to help fix that a lot more. So I think a great example of is in my hundred K I was the third female in my hundred K not because I'm an exceptional ultra runner. I am a mid pack ultra runner. I'm not saying I'm a bad athlete, but I'm a absolute mid pack ultra runner. Um, 
And, but that's because there was eight women in that entire race that ran that hundred K where in the one race that I did earlier this year, the 37 miler, I did the woman there is incredible. She runs the she ventures camp, which is like an all women's outdoor camp where she creates a safe space for women of any race, like background, whatever it is to have a safe woman filled space to get in the outdoors that feels comfortable and safe and accepting. Um, but she made a point to make it so it was easier for women to run that race, whether it came from social support, financially, doing it with a friend, childcare, all this stuff. And there was 50% or something like 49% of the entrants were women in that race. And how much of a stark difference that makes when we also support and encourage this. So if you're feeling like you are maybe the only female out there when you do these things, one, luckily, fortunately, in my experience, I've never really experienced blatant sexism in the in the outdoors per se. I have other places, but get your friends to do this with you, have them sign up for things with you, like do it with people. And also makes like the, the cliche quote from the book into the wild is happiness is only real when shared. And like, even during that hundred K Bethany and Jason were with me and Jason asked in the middle of her pacing, like if she was slowing me down and I was like, I don't know if he was slowing me down or speeding me up, but I'm glad I didn't have to spend that day alone. You know what I mean? Like that 15 miles I spent with Bethany was super cool. And I probably talked to her about more stuff in that, in that six hours than anyone, you know what I mean? Than any other time I would have ever maybe do something like shopping or something conventional yeah. like a coffee shop. So like, I would encourage you that if you're feeling that way too, like, cause I have experienced this and like, I got to do this with Bethany. Um, it's to bring your friends with you and do it because the outdoors isn't just like this bug infested, dirty movie cliche where like a woman freaks out because her heel breaks and there's like a worm. Like, no, it's super cool. It's not that like stereotype that people give to it. Um, so if you're worried about that, like maybe, encourage your friends to try it out with you. I think it's such a beautiful space to be shared with loved ones or new friends. Like you could meet, like you meet some random people on the trail or in a community, like building a community around that and just creating a safe space for everyone, um, no matter where your background is and where you come from. And I think like each year, I would love to see the statistics on like women doing outdoor things like how many how many more percentage of women signed up for their first 5k or their first Ironman or Xterra race or cross-country race like it's it's been really cool just because I've been a lot more involved in the space too to kind of keep seeing it expand and it's only going to continue to expand by sharing and and I actually tell a lot of my clients this I'm like share your story like share where you came from I thought literally three of my clients signed up for 50Ks. Like, what's up? Share your journey. People want to see that. It's in, it is inspiring to see someone who comes from, I've never stepped foot on trail to, I'm running a uh, 50K in September. Here's my journey. Here are my hardships. Show them the unsexy stuff. Show them the, the days where you just literally have the worst run, but you still show up the next day. And I think we truly need more like, mediocre stories not that you're mediocre average stories but it's crazy how many people like I've inspired with my ultra running journey and I'm literally the dead mid-pack ultra runner like I run with the dads and I'm like I've never claimed to be some inspiring incredible athlete I know my limitations in trail running and I, I I've never been like hidden that to people mm-hmm. um but like I'm not an elite athlete and I've had such a big impact on women by just sh- like I thought that ultra running was going to hurt my business and it actually like ended up opening all these doors for all these people so don't feel like your voice is too small to share it because you never know who you're giving permission to by doing so yep. and even if you inspire one person like he's one person sees you hey I signed up cool I signed up for my first 5k they're like man like I, I can do that like I, that's something yeah. I can do. Boom. Then they sign up. And then it's literally this snowball effect. Next thing you know, we have tons of women just doing all these really cool things outdoors. It doesn't have to be trail running. It can be hiking, be backpacking. It can be skiing, snowboarding, rock climbing, bouldering. Like there's so many outdoor things that can be done for every athletic level too. Like if you have never touched a weight or even looked at a weight, cool. Start walking. That's how yeah. it starts. You literally start with the very simplest thing and then you figure out what you like and what you don't like. And then you try something else or you, you rent a paddleboard. You don't have to go out and buy a paddleboard. You rent a paddleboard for an hour and like, dude, I love this. Cool. Awesome. So I'm going to slowly start to invest in a paddleboard, just something like that. Like you don't have to just go balls out and do everything all at once. Like pick one thing, try it out. You may hate it. You may love it. And then cool. Expand on it or do all the things. Cause that's cool too. <laughs> Yes, this is why 
Bethany and like we have a circle of friends that just show up every day in the outdoors or in these like weird sports that are maybe not what somebody originally thinks of when they are imagining what their fitness journey will be. And it's so inspiring to see other people doing things that that you, you know, maybe have a little interest in because it shows you that you have the ability to do it too. So I love that. Um, speaking of sharing your experiences, though, we have to talk about your your upcoming book. It's called Down and In. And I, I have to read where the quotes about the soul, the body, living in living a big and intentional life, shattering bullshit societal glass ceilings, feeling more and doing hard things all intersect and collide. I have chills. Like, hello. I'm so excited for this. Please tell us more about the book and everything that went into it. I'm slightly terrified again to have this like printed in out into the universe, but I know it needed to happen and it actually started because of my mountain biking accident. So mm-hmm. again, remember the universe puts us in front of things that are supposed to happen in our lives. And it yes. gave me the time and space to start the book. So it's a book of quotes. And I started out like as a teenager, I've always loved quotes. Like, I had them written on my wall. I had them like in my notebooks and my folders and like I would save them and collect them. Like my phone would be screenshots of quotes. And I've just always really resonated best with small, short quotes, powerful quotes. As I started to grow into my adulthood, go through ups, downs, highs, lows, darks, lights, every part of my life, I started creating kind of my own. And then I started providing more content on social media and it all kind of spiraled into, I love just creating short, powerful quotes. And I was like, I'm going to put them in a book. So I, it's a quote of books and I want it to live on people's coffee tables, on the shelves, on their desks. And I want them to open it. I want them to highlight it. I want them to write in it. I want them to rip the pages out. I want it to be something that they read and they're like, this really resonated. It really hit home for me. And I'm just excited to have kind of everything. It's, it encompasses everything I do as a coach and in my business and in my life into one book. So it's 200 quotes and each page will have its own quote. So it's own here. I want you to read this and I want you to actually read it. Like, I don't want you to just skim through Like I want you to read it and think about how it, um, is, is kind of intertwined into your life. And I like, I, it's a, it's a book where I tell people, I'm like, Hey, let's settle in. Like, let's mm-hmm. open it. Let's feel through all of it. And hopefully it helps somebody just at least one quote of the book helps somebody realize, you know what? I'm not happy in this area of my life, or I have toxic relationships that I need to get rid of, or I need to give myself more grace, or I need to go do hard things. And it's kind of a little bit of everything all in one Okay. And I also imagine that that would make really good journal prompting. Like you just read one of your quotes and then you just write down all your feelings if you're into that, you know, I think that that can be a really informative, reflective process. And I'm just, I'm really excited. Um, Put me down for like five. So. Yeah. Um, (laughs) If you're into written journaling, that can absolutely be be a conversation starter too with a loved one. Um, a spouse, mm-hmm. a girlfriend, a best friend, someone you're maybe having a rocky relationship with, and it could just be a really great conversation starter. Um, or it can be something like, let's, you've talked about your, your meditation practices running and getting outdoors and thinking. And then Kate, you're like, cool, I'm actually meditating. So it, <laughs> it, and I want, there's a part in it, it says, no matter like how you process this book, whether you're writing, you're dancing, you're running, you're sitting, you're resting, swimming, whatever it is, like, I want you to take it and just absorb it into your being. And then hopefully it inspires someone to take a step that may they may have been scared to do in their lives, or it just really helps them rethink a narrative. So I wrote, a, um, there's a bunch of quotes about body image in there. And, um, just the body as a whole and the bullshit societal narratives that we have been yes. told in glass ceilings that we're under. And I'm like, no, fucking shatter it, dude. Throw the hammer up there. Like raise Hell the yeah. and like burn it down. Like I want people to read it and be like, oh yes, I felt that. So I, I hope obviously that's what people get out of it. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to kind of get it wrapped up and like out into the world. 
Yes. And we'll, um, as soon as Bethany has everything together, we're going to link it in the show notes. So it'll be retrospective. It probably won't be linked uh, now. But if you're listening to this in 2021, I'm sure we'll have a link there for you to go and check out herself. It could be January 21. Uh, January, only for January 14th. Oh, okay. Okay. There's a, just so you know, guys, there's a lot that goes into self-publishing a book. Just thrown it out oh, there. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, it's been a really cool journey to just add that to kind of my resume of like things I've done. I was like, cool. I wrote a book and now I can talk to people in my life or clients who maybe want to do that too. Or that I just meet like randomly. I love that. So Bethany, is there anything else that you would like to say or add? Um, how can people work with you other than, you know, you have your ebook without your unreverse dieting and your actual book and all the amazing things you do in your social media pages. And we'll link that all on our show notes, but for women who want to maybe work with you, um, how can they get in contact with you? So Instagram is going to be, I'm always on it. I'm most present on Instagram. I honestly do it anything else except Instagram. Um, I kind of funnel my energy there. So just reach out if you want to share anything with me about something really rad you've done, or if you just want to kind of talk through things or see if we'd be a good fit, uh, feel free to reach out there. I do have my website, which you guys can link in the show notes. And I have um, kind of everything listed in there too. And it's in my link tree in my bio on Instagram, but I love having conversations with women around, again, every kind of life that because we are not robots and we're not just yes. one like, avenue. We have a lot going on. So yeah, those are my two primaries. Perfect. All right, Bethany, to close this show, it's time for this or that. While we yeah. truly believe that life exists in the messy middle for the sake of fun and irony, we'd like to close the show by force forcing our guests to rapid fire choose between contrasting things. Today's this or that items were specifically selected for you. Bethany, are you ready? Ready, Freddie. Alyssa, you'll start off. Okay. Biking or running? Biking. Coffee shop or camper office? Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> camper office. I'm in the camper right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, on that note, camper or tent? Oh, tent. Really? Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Tent life team. is all. I'm team tent too, and I lived in an RV. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm sitting in a camper and I'm so close to it. It's a different experience. Yeah. yeah. Mountain or desert? Mountain. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Mountain. Okay. This one I came up with. I thought it was pretty clever. Maters or taters? <laughs> oh, I say both. I'm going with taters. <laughs> For those who don't know, Bethany's like most classic food sides and every meal she makes are either like cut up tomatoes or potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Teal or purple? Dark purple. Oh, okay. Okay. Specifying. I like it. Shakes or smoothies? (sighs) Smoothies. We we did good because I had the exhale before every answer. I feel like we did good. (laughs) Tailwind or goo? Tailwind. Yeah. (laughs) Who made me Ralph all over the trail? So hey, See, everything makes me Ralph all I, over the trail. I, I'm like Team Goo all the way, dude. No one. I got a drink. Don't drink it. Oh, and yellow power. No, I though. actually like. I like. I like Huma gels, but Goo Goo. I understand why it makes people gel, gag. All right, last one. Cold brew or beer? Cold brew. Oh, yeah. Show. Beer makes my stomach hurt. Oh yeah, there you go. I'll drink ciders. Or we should have we should have just asked you to like pick a mug. <laughs> <laughs> pick a mug that you have. There's <laughs> too many. You can tell a lot about a person by the mug they drink out of. And you have a variety of mugs, um, both select self-selected and gifted by your clients. And I'm jealous of every one of them. They're all fantastic. Yes. And Bryce said I have to get rid of some of them before we <gasps> How dare he? <laughs> So, so everyone stay tuned for Bethany's great mug bachelor movie. Shoot, maybe oh. you should make it like a giveaway. Oh. <laughs> She'll send you a mug. Yeah, I'll send you a mug. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bethany, for chatting with us today. We will for sure have you on again. I feel like there's a million things when it comes to outdoors and just our views on nutrition and women being well-fed that I think we could probably talk for an eternity on. Um, yeah. So she'll be back. Don't you worry, guys. But... We're, we're going to sign off today. Um, so we want you to live well, demand better, 
get messy. Stay messy. Stay messy. <laughs> get messy counts too. <laughs> one job and I ruined it. No, uh, your whole job was being here and you succeeded. And you succeeded. So anyway, thank you guys for listening this week. Make sure you rate, review, share, tag Bethany. Tell her to get messy when you tag her and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.